Hey, welcome to You Had Me at Black. I'm Martina Abrahams Alunga. This next story comes from Cam, a nerdy black kid who built a drug empire on his liberal arts school campus. Here's what happened. I want you to breathe all this in. You're listening to You Had Me at Black. 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 Right in the heart of the city. Black. Man, listen, man. Black, black. (laughs) This is You Had Me at Black, and we live, baby. My story begins the moment I open my acceptance letter. I run into the house. The letter, it's super heavy. I tear the cover off, and I'm ecstatic to see that I got into the super prestigious liberal arts institution. I thought that I had made it. I thought that this was the the pinnacle of all of my achievement. I was as giddy as a schoolgirl, pun intended, but I had to skip all that stuff and I flipped through to the award letter. I had given a very comprehensive financial aid package and my heart drops to the floor because I still owe them $10,000. I'm thinking, no, I, I, I have to go here. I absolutely have to go to this school. You know, it's this reckless determination, this stubbornness that followed me from Chicago to the middle of nowhere. I pack up my stuff and I go. So my mom would always say, like, I was a good kid. I was quiet. I kept to myself. I like to play with action figures. Uh, When I had arrived at my school, I'm a socially awkward kid, and I hide myself in my room, and I had taken out some loans uh, to cover my first semester, much to my dismay. In the back of my mind, I was thinking of some way to just wipe all this debt away. Then my first 420 happened, and April 20th on my college campus was the most liberal arts hippie thing you could possibly imagine. There were smoking on the top of Russo dorms, passing up bong splunts and joints and edibles for free, like without any sort of exchange. I thought it was awesome. Like, where's all this weed coming from? Somebody hands me a blunt. I, I actually put it in my pocket. I'm carrying a Ziploc bag full of stuff because I know damn well that on 420, everybody has gone. On 421, no one's gonna have any except for me. So the week after 420 occurs, everybody is dry, except for me. And I'm thinking, okay, now I got to get rid of all of this weed. So I go to local gas station, I buy a digital scale, I weigh it up, and I've got about two ounces or so of shake. I've got a couple blunts, about eight or so edibles in the form of brownies and cookies. Do a quick math, and that's about $900 that I can make. So people pass word around almost electrically by impulse that I've got the rest of the weed on campus. People are lining outside of my dorm room. My heart's just pounding because, yeah, this is illegal, but it's also fun and it's eerily very sociable. And it was like a really easy way to make friends. So I decide to sell all of this dope. I make 900 bucks in about a half an hour. I mean, that's nowhere near enough to cover the rest 
of my tuition. But I'm just ecstatic at the fact that I just made more than I would have ever made in a half an hour of my lifetime. But I didn't have a constant supplier. There was no way for me to go back and get more. I wanted more. I liked the feeling of controlling the market. So I decided, okay, if I'm going to do this, I need to build a team. So every like drug cartel, crime family always has a person that's like the second in command, no matter what, will get the job done, won't ask any questions, and enter my best friend Miklo. Half white, half Mexican, you know, smirk that can kill, both conveys intelligence and sarcasm. And I mean, that's my brother to the death of me. And he had the know-it-all, the connections, and the wherewithal. And so there's still no supplier. So every you know, crime family also always has that reserved, calm person who is just absolutely nice, would do anything for the fam. And one day, you know, Miklo decides to introduce me to his best friend, Nick, of whom I also call my brother. Guy wore jeans no matter how hot it was. Uh, he had the body of a laborer, huge shoulders, huge arms, looked like he was carrying bags of stones on his shoulders, man, and he always had his hair cut in that whack-ass mohawk. So we're smoking, and I'm watching them play Dark Souls, and he asked me, he said, yo, Cam, so, you know, how's selling going? And, and I said, man, it's going pretty bad. He says to me, hey, I, uh, I got a guy who's always looking to get rid of some extra stuff. All he wants up front is 5K, and then he'll front us a couple pounds. I say, 5K? And Miklo chimes in from across the room, and he says, yep. And so I'm sitting, and I'm doing the, the math. You can flip three pounds of ganj for, like, $15,000. And that would cover their rent, cover the rest of my tuition, if the split was good. So I take another hit and I ask him, what's the split? And he says, well, we'll split it down the middle. You keep what you sell. We keep what we sell. No problem. And from then on, business absolutely exploded. Miklo and Nick, they knew the plug, so they would go down, get the product, come on back. We would cut it in half seas and get rid of absolutely all of it. Lesser dealers were eating out of our hands. My girl at the time, she was real plugged in the, in the party scene and in the athletic scene, so she got us more clientele. Lesser dealers were eating out of our hands. Everybody around campus knew us. Business was just exploding overnight, and this is around my third year there. And all I had to show for my education at the, at the time was big shoeboxes of cash. So it came down to a point where people just didn't want to smoke weed anymore. It was very strange, and they wanted uh, what's called designer drugs. ASAP Rocky talking about popping molly, popping pills, and all this other stuff. But we had no idea where to get shrooms, where to get molly, where to get acid. And enter a person that we call the recruit. So... The recruit was like the renaissance freshman, down for the team. He's down for the team. Always down to prove himself. I mean, he was perfect. Everybody knew this kid. Lo and behold, the recruit obviously knows where to score some acid. 
and he's hooking up with the dealer, whose name is Sarah. It was really timely because there was this uh, like pre-finals outdoor festival on campus going on where all the hippie kids would use this as an excuse to like trip balls and play with paint. And it was going to come from us. And if we bought out Sarah, we could make a whole lot of money. It was like a Sunday evening and we all get together. It was my I- idea to pick a lounge one day, bring her here so we can buy out all of her product and sell all this acid. And it's proper form to bring a peace offering to any business deal. And we had the best weed on campus, so we each rolled a fatty a piece, just talking politics. And we had taken the acid before this. We had dropped it at the beginning of our session. Acid usually takes like 10 minutes to kick in, if not instantly. And we had paired it with marijuana just to emphasize the effect. So after these two blunts, I'm thinking, okay, you know, this acid's not working. And I utilize the full extent of my theater degree, and I, you know, put on a real kind face, and I say, hey, Sarah, uh, you know, how long does this shit take to kick in? And Sarah instantly replies, just like without thinking about it. She was like, oh, you're already tripping balls, man. You know, denial is the first step. And I laugh it off. I say, okay, well, you're right. I'm probably just tripping. So it gets quiet for about a second or two, and she stands up and says, hey, you know, call me if you guys like it. We can discuss buying more. And she swiftly exits stage right. I'm thinking, man, we just got scammed. So I can feel my temperature rising. My heart's beating. I'm just absolutely overcome with anger. And I I just act on impulse. I tell the crew, I say, go get her and bring her back here. He stood up and went to go grab her. So Miklo talks. He opens his mouth and says, what are you going to do, man? And that super airy voice that he always gets when he's like stoned and I'm just thinking, I don't I don't know, I don't know. She comes back in. She's doesn't look the least bit of nervous and I gotta give it to her. Like either she had did this before or you know, she's packing heat. Like I don't I don't understand why she was just so calm about trying to run game on me. So I say lock the door. She turns her back, looks at the lock. I tell her, sit. She comes over and she sits down. Crew sits down. And I say, more taps. And she's like, hey, if you're going to take some more, you're really going to... And I cut her off. And I say, more taps. She's like, fine, 20 bucks a pop. So I have it, obviously. Pull out a stack of 20s. She passes out the tabs. Take mine. It's on the tip of my index finger. Small little white square. The size of like a millimeter. And I say, we are going to drop these. We're going to smoke up. If these tabs don't work, you owe us our money back. So she cracks. Instantly. She's like, hey, look, like I, you know, I owe somebody some money. I can get you the real stuff later. And I'm like, no, 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 no. We need our money now. And she's like, look, just just give me a week. Just give me a week. All right. I won't argue with her. So I'm like, okay. So 
She stands up, crew stands up with her. He escorts her out the room. She leaves. And I'm sitting there with this point of acid on my finger, thinking it's probably like a saltine cracker or something. And I'm just furious. I'm heated. You know, that was my livelihood. That was my tuition. It just passed my mind that, you know, what if she didn't pay the plug back next week? And I just feel every bit like the godfather at this very moment. Like, if, if there's no time in the present, like right now, for me to prove to myself and to the school that I run this, now is the time to make an example out of somebody. And then it occurred to me, you know, we were going to rob her ass. The following day, it's Nick Miklo, the recruit, and I were at Nick's apartment. I asked, is she on StalkerNet? StalkerNet is... The school directory, you could type in somebody's name and it gives you a list of all possible students and you get their class schedule, what their dorm phone number is, what dorm they stay in. We got her dorm room, we got her class schedule, and the recruit says, wow, she's got three exams coming up. And I say, all on the same day? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, well, that's when we do it. The recruit wanted me to, like, hire somebody to do the job, but I needed to do this myself. Part of me just wanted to see just how far I could push this thing. So exam week happens. Miklo and I just roll up in her dorm, and our cards grant access to every building on campus. So we walk in the dorm, we walk down her hallway, and go down to her room, and it's open. And I freeze. My, my heart falls out of my chest. I look to my right, and her roommate's in there taking a nap. Miklo and I don't move. We just don't move. Maybe he's waiting for me. Maybe I'm waiting for him. You know, he's standing behind me, and I feel him, like, nudging me to a certain degree. But she starts to toss and turn. I can hear her mumble something, and I just go. Pulling out all of her drawers. And I see like a stack of hundreds, a couple ounces of weed, and a sheet of acid tabs, which I assume is the real thing. So I grab it all, and we just fucking dip. We had stolen about 3K that we split four ways, and we sold the rest of the acid. So we were pretty victorious, and I had like complete and total full-blooded arrogance. I mean, I had no post-career plans, no planned internship. I had nothing. But I had that school by the balls. Like, I felt that this is what I needed to cling to. And, I mean, we did everything. We owned that place. But, I mean, I, sh- I should have known that all of this wasn't going to last forever. It was my senior year, and I was finally going to meet the plug. I was, I was supposed to go down there. And... My ex at the time tells me she has, like, a funny feeling and says that I shouldn't go. And I'm like, funny feeling? What the fuck do you mean, funny feeling? But I heeded her words and decided to stay. Two days later, I get a call from my friend saying that they're in the county prison, and I just absolutely lose it. And it turns out that it was like a sting operation, and they had canine units waiting for them off the highway. So the recruit also went... And he only got suspended for a semester, but Nick and Miklo got, I want to say, three years, and I get expelled. 
know, all this time I was pretending to be somebody else and, you know, the universe, you like it or not, if you're going against your true nature, will put you on the right path regardless. And to anybody out there who's listening who is using or is doing anything that they know that they should not be doing, don't wait until God or whatever it is that you believe in forces you toward your true course. You want to be able to have as most control of that shift as possible or else you'll end up just losing it all. This episode was mixed and mastered by Miles Dotson. I just felt like it was important to like share the story. I felt story. it necessary to share this story. One of my tonight. story is to say we need to bring back ass whoopings. They can save. So the life. reason I'm sharing this story is because I encourage you to be real with yourself when these things hurt you. But always remember to take your power back. Figure out a way to be better, and then let stuff go. I learned my lesson in riding the wave, and you know, once you get lost and you find your way, then you can be one of those heroes in your book. If books. it was this tough for me after having all these positive experiences to break this programming. How hard is it for the brother who, who doesn't have those experiences? And admitting as full of magic black women have, we still break. We still can be strong and still be weak. And it's time that as black people, we acknowledge that. So thank you for sharing my story. Share your story on the next season of You Had Me at Black. To learn more, go to youhadmeatblack.com slash own. Thanks for listening to You Had Me at Black. If you want to hear more stories like this one, leave a review. You're listening to You Had Me at Black.